so much. You got that one right, by the way. You got that absolutely right. Four more days. This is a uh, wow, great experience to be here with you today. This is uh, so exciting. You, uh, what a great state. What a great welcome. And by the way, this state is going to help me become the next president of the United States. Governor Walker for that extraordinary introduction. What a great governor you have. You're very lucky. I know that took some work. Senator Johnson, thank you, Senator Johnson, for your help. And also, Lieutenant Governor Clayfish, thank you for her help. And, and the uh, former governor and future United States Senator, Tommy Thompson. Thank you, Tommy. Chairman Wrights Priebus, a uh, hometown guy, and uh, and Hall of Famer, Bart Starr, thank you very much. Thank you. Old friends here to Ann Wall, it was kind of her to speak here. My son is also joining us, uh, and uh, my youngest son, he's been campaigning. My boys have been campaigning all over the country. This has been a, a family affair for us, and their support means a lot to me and yours. And the work you have done, the contacts made in Wisconsin over the last months have, have just blown everybody away. And I want to thank you for the work you're doing. That's going to help us get this victory. Now, our, our thoughts today also turn to people in the country that are uh, still recovering in many cases from the hurricane that hit the Atlantic coast. A lot of people having very tough times. And I hope you'll keep them in your thoughts and prayers. And, if you have an extra dollar or more, you can send it to the American Red Cross or to the Salvation Army or other relief organizations to help fellow Americans. We are a, a nation of generous hearts, and those hearts are, are called upon in a time of crisis like this. I want to thank... Uh, I want to thank you for all that you've done and all you're going to do in the next four days. And I want to tell you how much I appreciate being in the home of the next Vice President of the United States. You know, uh, next, next to Ann Romney, uh, Paul Ryan is the best choice I've ever made, i got to tell you. Now, we're, uh, we're just entering the, uh, the final weekend of the campaign. And as you know, at the Obama rallies, they're shouting four more years, four more years. And I just heard you. We're shouting four more days, all right? And we're, we're so very grateful to you and, uh, and to people, frankly, across the country for all that you've done, all they've done to give yourselves to this campaign. And, and as you know, this is not just about Paul and me. This is about America. It's about the future we're going to leave to our children. We thank you, and we ask you to stay at it all the way to the finish line, because we're going to win on Tuesday night. The closing hours of a campaign have a, a dynamic all their own. 
a lot of voters have known for some time who they were going to vote for, but there are others that are just now putting aside the demands of their daily life and considering how their vote will affect their own life, the life of their children, and of course the course of the country that we love. And we ask them and you to look beyond the speeches and the attacks and the ads, look to the record, to the accomplishments and the failures and the judgment. Words are cheap. A record is real and it's earned with real effort. Real change is not measured in words. Real change is measured in achievements. And four years ago, candidate Obama promised to do so very much, but he's fallen so very short. He promised to be a post-partisan president, but he became the most partisan, blaming, attacking, dividing. He said he was going to focus on creating jobs. Instead, he focused on Obamacare, which killed jobs. He said he was going to cut the federal deficit in half, and then he doubled it. He said he was going to lower the unemployment rate down to 5.2% right now. Today we learned that it's actually 7.9%, and that's 9 million jobs short of what he promised. Unemployment is higher today than when Barack Obama took office. Think of that. Unemployment today is higher on, than on the day Barack Obama took office. He promised that he would uh, propose a plan to save Social Security and Medicare from insolvency. He didn't. Rather, he raided $716 billion from Medicare to pay for his vaunted Obamacare. He said he was going to lower health insurance premiums for the average family by $2,500 a year, by now. And actually, by now, they are now $3,000 higher for an average family. And gasoline. The American family now pays $2,000 a year more for gasoline than when he was elected. Of course, he also said he was going to work across the aisle on the most important issues. Listen to this. He has not met on the economy or on the budget or on jobs with either of the Republican leader of the House or the Senate since July. Instead of bridging the divide, he's made it wider. Now, how is it that he's fallen so short of what he promised? In part, it's because he'd never led before. He'd never worked across the aisle before. He never truly understood how jobs are created in the economy. And of course, today, he's now making new promises. Promises he will be unable to keep because he admits that he'll stay on the same path he's been on. And the same course we have been on will not lead to a better destination. this. The same path we're on means $20 trillion in debt in four years. It means crippling unemployment continues. It means stagnant take-home pay, depressed home values, and a devastated military. And unless we change course, we may well be looking at another recession. The question of this election comes down to this. Do you want more of the same or do you want real change? And we bring real change.
candidate Obama promised change, but he couldn't deliver it. I promised change, but I have a record of achieving it. I built the business. I turned around another. I helped put an Olympics back on track. And with a Democrat legislature, I helped turn my state from deficit to surplus, from job losses to job gains, from higher taxes to higher take-home pay. That's changed. Look, th this is why I'm running for president. I know how to change the course that the country's on, how to get us to a balanced budget, how to build jobs and help raise take-home pay. Accomplishing real change is something I don't just talk about, it's something I've done. And it's what I'm going to do when I'm President of the United States, with your help. And so to people across America, if you believe we can do better, if you believe America should be on a better course, if you're tired of being tired, then I ask you to vote for real change. Paul Ryan and I will bring real change to America from day one. Now I know, I know that when I'm elected, the economy and the American job market will still be stagnant. But I won't waste any time complaining about my predecessor. I won't spend my effort trying to pass partisan legislation that's unrelated to economic growth. From day one, I'll go to work to help Americans get back to work. People across the country are responding to our five-part plan to create jobs. Part one, as you know, is about taking full advantage of our energy resources. Uh, on day one, on day one, I'll act to increase the number of leases and permits to drill on federal lands. I will act to speed the approval of the Keystone Pipeline from Canada. I'll revisit coal regulations that were designed by the administration to strangle the industry and instead make sure we can use the resources we have in a clean and responsible way. You see, on day one, we will be closer to North American energy independence. Now, second, I'm going to move to boost trade, especially with Latin America. I'll ask Congress for trade promotion authority. And that's a power every president has used or requested since it was created back in 1974. Oh, except President Obama. And I'll finally designate China as a currency manipulator. It's time for getting trade to work for America.
Now, third, I'm going to send to Congress the Retraining Reform Act to make sure that every worker who feels left behind in this economy can get the skills and the chance for a good-paying job. And fourth, I move to tackle out-of-control spending. I will... Now, I'll send Congress the first of several fundamental reforms. This first one will be called the Down Payment on Fiscal Sanity Act to immediately, to immediately cut, not just slow the rate of growth, but cut non-security non discretionary spending by 5%. And by the way, I'm not just going to take office on January 20th. I'm going to take responsibility for that office as well. Five. Number five, I'm going to act to boost small business and all business. I'm going to issue executive orders aimed straight at the problems that are holding this economy back. The first will grant state waivers from Obamacare to begin its repeal. The second executive order will launch a sweeping review of all Obama-era regulations with an eye to eliminating or repairing those that are killing jobs and small businesses. And every entrepreneur, every small business person, every job creator will know that for the first time in four years, the government of the United States likes business and loves the jobs and higher wages businesses can bring. We've almost forgotten what a real recovery looks like. What Americans can achieve when we limit government instead of limiting the dreams of our fellow Americans. That's what a real recovery looks like. It's within the power of the American people to choose their own future. We know what we need to know. You can stay on the path of the last four years, or you can choose real change. You know that if the president is reelected, he will still be unable to work with the people in Congress. I mean, he's ignored them. He's attacked them. He's blamed them. The debt ceiling will come up again, and shutdown and default will be threatened, chilling the economy. The president was right when he said he can't change Washington from the inside. In this case, you can take him at his word. And we're going to put him outside soon. Look, when, I, when I'm elected, I'll work with Republicans and Democrats in Congress. I'll meet with them regularly. I'll endeavor to find those good men and, and good women on both sides of the aisle who care more about the country than about politics. And together we're going to put the nation on track to a balanced budget, to reform our tax code, and to finally reaffirm our commitment to financial responsibility. It can happen. And you know, 
You know that if the president were to be reelected, he would continue his war on oil and gas and coal. He'll send billions more dollars to his favorite solar and wind companies. And all of this, and all of this guarantees higher energy prices at the pump and fewer jobs. Today, gas costs twice what it did when President Obama was elected. When I'm elected, we're going to change course in energy. And I know just how much energy means to middle-income families across America. We can help hold down prices at the pump and grow new energy jobs and manufacturing jobs. You know how, by the way, if the president's reelected, he'll continue to promote government and demote business. You know, he chose his own jobs council, was made up of the people he selected from the business community. Do you know how long it's been since he met with them? Nine months. Nine months. See, I like business. I don't see it as a necessary evil. I, I see it as a means for people to fulfill their dreams. Yesterday I was uh, with a woman named uh, Rhoda Elliott in Virginia. She's been running her family restaurant business for years a business that has been in her family for 82 years. At its high point, she employed 200 people. She just closed it down. And she told me that regulations and taxes, Obamacare and the effects of the Obama economy put her out of business. And she teared up when we were talking. This wasn't about money. This was about a future for her family and for her family of employees. I want to help the hundreds of thousands of dreamers like Rhoda. And when I'm president, I will. Also know that if the president were to be reelected, he will say every good thing imaginable about education. But in the final analysis, he'll do what his largest campaign supporters, the public sector unions, tell him to do. And your kids will have the same schools and the same results. When I'm president, I'll be a voice of the children and their parents. There's no union for the PTA. sure that, that parents have the information they need to see whether their school is succeeding or failing. And I want to make sure parents also have the choice they need to be able to pick the school where their child has the best chance for success. Now, you and I have watched over these last few months as our campaign has gathered strength, the strength of a movement. It's not just the size of the crowds, it's the depth of our shared conviction, the readiness for new possibilities, the sense that the challenges are clear and our work will soon begin. It's made me strive even more to be worthy of the office, to campaign as I would govern, to speak for the aspirations of all Americans. I learned as governor of my state that the best achievements are shared achievements. 
I learned that respect and goodwill go a long way and are usually returned in kind. That's how I'll conduct myself as president. I'll reach out to both sides of the aisle. I'll bring people together, doing big things for the common good. I won't just represent one party. I'll represent one nation. I'll try to show the best of America. We will all do our best, because at a time like this, only the best will do. Now, throughout this campaign, using every argument he can think of, President Obama has tried to convince folks that these last four years have been a success. <laughs> he's so sure of that that he's got one big plan for the next four years. And that is he wants to take all the ideas from the first term, you know, the stimulus, the borrowing, Obamacare, all the rest, and then go back and do it all over again. That could be boiled down. That idea could be boiled down to four words, more of the same. I don't believe this is a moment when our big dreams will be satisfied with a small agenda. I'll lead America to a better place where confidence in the future is assured, not questioned. This is not a time for America to settle. We're four days away from a fresh start, four days away from the first day of a new beginning. My conviction that better days are ahead is not based on promises and hollow rhetoric, but on solid plans and proven results and an unshakable faith in the American people and the American spirit. I believe in America. I believe in the American people. And if there's anyone worried that the last four years are the best we can do, if there's anyone who fears that the American dream is fading, if there's anyone who wonders whether better jobs and better paychecks are things of the past, I have a clear and unequivocal message. With the right leadership, America will come roaring back. The only, the only thing that stands between us and some of the best years we've known is lack of leadership. And that's why we have elections, after all. Th this Tuesday is a moment to look into the future and imagine what we can do to put the past four years behind us and start building a new future. You saw the differences, by the way, when President Obama and I were side by side in our debates. He says it has to be this way. I say it can't be this way. He's offering excuses. I've got a plan. He's hoping, he's hoping we'll settle. I can't wait for us to get started. Uh, look, Americans, Americans don't settle. We build. We aspire. We listen to the voice inside us that says we can do better. A better job, a better life. 
better life for our kids, a bigger, better country. That better life is out there. It's waiting for us. Our destiny is in the hands of the American people. Four more days. Four more days, and we can get to work rebuilding our country, restoring our confidence and renewing our conviction. Conviction and confidence that we're on a solid path to steady improvement. Confidence that college grads coming out of school will have a job waiting for them. Confidence that the single moms who are working two jobs will have a shot at a better job. On November 6th, we come together for a better future. And on November 7th, we'll get to work. We'll, uh, we'll reach across the street to that neighbor with the other yard sign. And we'll reach across the aisle in Washington to people of good faith and the other party. There's much more to this than just being our moment. It's America's moment of renewal and purpose and optimism. We've journeyed a long way in this great campaign for America's future. And now we're almost home. One final push is going to get us there. We've known, uh, we've known a lot of long days and a lot of short nights, and now we're very, very close. And the bridge to a brighter future is there. It's open. It's waiting for us. I need your vote. I need your help. Walk with me. Knock on those doors. Get your friends to vote. This is a time of choice for America, a, a time for a better future. And you and I are going to accomplish it together. Let's start anew. Thank you so very much. God bless you. God bless this great country. God bless the people of Wisconsin. Thank you. You guys are the best. Thank you.